Welcome to Book to Where Two Guys Tell You About the Books They're Reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. This week we'll be reviewing AWP 2015 by the uh, Book Podcast. Um, <laughs> to be a little, yeah, a little different than uh, than what we normally do, but there is a story to be told here, and uh, we're going to do our best to tell it in a in a spoiler free manner, as we frequently do with the, with stories that we review. Um, and this one, uh, this one kicks off. This is like hot off the presses, man. Yeah, this was released just last week. Just last week. So um, kind of get you going a little bit on the plot. Obviously, there's a one protagonist. It's the book podcast, and that's made up of, uh, of myself and Rob, interestingly enough. Um, and uh, the, this particular installment um, takes place and begins when last Wednesday, uh, the protagonists left um, the greater Chicagoland area and headed up to Minneapolis. That's right. And I think like most of these stories start, the ambitions and the expectations that... Um that people carry at the beginning might not be what happens throughout, but um, uh, there definitely was an evolution of the story as time went on. Uh, there were um, some thoughts about, you know, gathering content on the road, gathering content uh, uh, up actually at AWP, and um, that was the type of thing that, that died off really, really fast, but it didn't do anything to damage the plot that that doesn't exist later on. That's very, very true. And, uh, you know, basically what Rob means to say a lot of times in these stories that, you know, you kind of think something is going to happen and, and you really expect that it's going to happen in this because you've been waiting for it story after story. And then, you know, it just doesn't come through. That's not to say that the rest of the story isn't pretty exciting. Um, but, yeah, sometimes expectations, man, that's that's why you shouldn't have them. I, I, now, I now no longer have any expectations for anything. You just hate the world? I, well, yeah, that's no different than it was before. But yeah, how do you feel about motorcycles? Um, motorcycles. <laughs> you know, I'm really starting to hate motorcycles. <laughs> I never really had a problem with them. But and, and it's I, I always wonder: Do you only hear motorcycles when we're doing this podcast? No, I think I think I hear them. Yeah, pretty regularly. Okay, because I only ever notice them while we're doing this mm. podcast. Because I have a motorcycle problem um, on my end as well. <laughs> So yeah, so the first uh, first chapter, you know, a little low key. Uh, we might have some a little bit of content uh, from you in the in the quotes side, the extended quote section. There might be a little bit of content from the road trip up, but yeah, basically, you know, we uh, we move on. Our protagonists get to Minneapolis and they meet up with uh, some recurring characters from previous editions. Um, so uh, Misty Bennett. Um, as some people might have uh, might remember from previous installments of this particular story series, and uh, Jesse Lawrence, Gordon Highland. Um, but then there were some some newer additions that were that were kind of interesting. Talking about Mark Jaskowski? Yes, yeah, like my favorite new character in this series. Yeah, Mark is um, he's a character that first popped up for me <laughs> in uh, in Seattle. Uh, for AWP 2014, that edition. Yeah, I um, didn't read that one. No, you didn't. Livius did not read that. But uh, um, great character. Turns out that he's um, uh, he he's tied in with the whole Stephen Graham Jones kind of thread of the plot, which um, we may or may not talk about in a little bit. Apologies, I just knocked over one of like the 15 beers I brought home. Um. Writer in his own right, he actually uh, is, is tied in also with the Warm to Bound plot of of this kind of story arc, um, and just like an all around thing I like about him as a character is 
he he came in like he came out guns blazing this time like the first time he meets the meets up with the Rob and Livia's characters he's just completely making fun of Rob in a way that was uh kind of kind of ballsy but you know appreciated so um he fit right in and and um and was just a great addition to the the cast yeah, I have to agree. And again, that's not to take away from regular cast members, but it's nice when these stories kind of jump around and they get, you know, they, they get a new character here. They they get a, a character who maybe is is off doing another story somewhere else. Um, for example, this time, Caleb J. Ross, not a part of this edition at all due to circumstances uh, that probably appear in a story somewhere else. And although um, it was very apparent that he was absent from this, uh, Jaskowski did a nice job filling that particular that particular character gap. Yeah, I think I think Caleb, the Caleb character, wasn't a part of this edition because his timeline includes uh, another story called "I'm pissing blood and my life is terrible." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the same kind of thing that we're talking about here, but when you say it like that, that sounds like uh, that sounds like something I'd be interested in looking into a little oh, more. <laughs> All I'm saying is I don't ever want to open up Facebook and watch a video of bl- red urine going into a toilet ever Dude, again in my life. Why in the fuck would you click the little sideways triangle when that popped up? It automatically understand. plays. It automatically plays. Oh, you have your set to autoplay. Yeah, I, I didn't it. turn off autoplay. Okay. I didn't think that I was going to be watching Blood Piss. <laughs> One day I was like, someday it's going to be some kind of weird toilet video, and I'm not going to want this to just start playing you on my knew. phone. So, um, yeah, I have that turned off. But, yeah, so it's not it's not just characters. Pretty early on, you know, probably the second day into the story, um, uh, uh, many of the characters we just mentioned actually attended an event, which is where, where most of the action of this particular uh, this particular adventure kind of goes down. So um, the event was the Broken River Books slash Ladybug, Lady Box, Lady something, <laughs> Lady Box slash King Shot Press. It was cute. It would be Ladybug, but it's Lady Box. Yeah. Uh, cute in a different way. <laughs> uh, reading at this fucking tiny weird like again. All right, so in in AWP. 2014 edition they hosted a reading uh at this weird anarchist uh bookstore kind of place and again this place is like a weird anarchist bookstore so they must be anarchists um listen in the anarchist bookstore in the seattle edition that i that i did not uh, that i had not partake in um we're all please tell me it was just really disorderly the books weren't like all in alphabetical order were they because that would just fucking suck for an anarchist bookstore. Yeah, there was complete disarray. Actually, it was in sections based on content. Yeah, see, that doesn't sound very anarchy to like me. Black history and stuff like that. So, we were over by the uh, in the AWTP fourteen edition. Seth Harwood and Rob were in the kind of like the black history section of the anarchist bookstore. And um, with I, wouldn't you goddamn know it? Seth just pulled the book off the shelf randomly. He's like, "This is a great book. You should buy this book right now. I'll buy it for you." And he was really excited about it. Um, have you? Um, how how extensive is your knowledge of Black history? Um, I am no scholar. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Probably should have read that book. Is what I'm saying. Yep. So, 
but yeah, so you know the story continues on in that uh, probably <laughs> one of the highlights is the the reading. So we got to see in uh, Anthony Neil Smith kick it off with a reading from Triple X Sheamus, um, which was <laughs> which was um, I'm not sure that a lot of the crowd was really expecting what exactly he was going or like what actually came out of that man's mouth. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... If, if you're curious about it, you can go back and listen to our review of Triple X Sheamus, which includes David James Keaton, uh, which is integral, actually, to this current uh, plotline we're talking about. Um, but it's a, it's a specific scene in, in the in the Triple X Sheamus book where um, Red Hammond, not Red Hammond, what's the character's? Hopper. Hopper is, mm-hmm. goes into a bar that he kind of frequents, and uh, try, he's trying not to, but he hooks up with this bartender girl, and it involves vegetable oil and... Um, uh, an unconventional mode of ingress, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> Are you living in 1984? <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit uh, raunchier probably than they were looking for. But the plot really got heavy when he, when he finished, he basically was trying to to pre one up whatever David James Keaton was going to bring to the party. And he made the mistake of antagonizing Keaton, which is just not never. That's never a good idea. You know, I, I in in retrospect, yeah. I when I was reading it, I thought that's exactly what happened. Um, but uh, you got to admit, I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of the the other people, the other characters in that particular chapter, were, were kind of thinking that that it was all going to be downhill from from the from the Smith reading. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, because they didn't know what they were in for. Right, so, uh, but yeah, and then we moved into uh, Rios, I'm going to probably get this name wrong, De La Luz. Sure. Am I I doing that right? Rios De La Luz, who read from, I believe, The Pulse Between, I think is the name of of the the book she read the piece from. It's her her recent um, Lady Box. It's got a bunch of, like, scorpions on the cover and stuff. I thought it was a longer title. Might it be The Pulse Between Dimensions and the Desert? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, and that was followed up by Tiffany Scandal reading from Jigsaw Youth. Now, Miss Scandal, um, probably, okay, so Anthony Neil Smith, one kind of emotion, right? When, when, he was, <laughs> when he was reading, he was definitely putting forth some type of emotion in that weird little, uh, little scene in the back of a bar. Uh, Tiffany <laughs> Scandal, a little bit different uh, emotion shown forth in, uh, in this chapter. Um, and you were actually closer to the door. I was farther away, so you might want to explain. She actually kind of broke down a little bit. There was there's a little bit of tear shedding. She got so involved in what she was reading, and I'm not sure if how much of this was derived from her, you know, from her real life into the book. But I'm gonna have to bet it probably was that, or she was really really moved by this these particular characters. Yeah, uh, I could hear the crying. Um, I just assumed it was something Livia said. <laughs> Yeah, it's usually the way it works, um, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, so there was that. Uh, then we took a break, and now I had the, um, the the privilege of being outside. Or the Livius character, you get a little aside where he's outside with David James Keaton um, when he predicts what he's planning to bring as as his portion of the, you know, of the reading in in retaliation to Smith's, uh, you know, kind of swipe at him. Um, and he, I, he delivered. That guy, man. No one should ever think they're going to one up David James Keaton. And I love Anthony Neil Smith, as as longtime listeners know. And he was a great guest to have on the show. I love all his books, but Keaton, man, that guy's vicious. 
that's the thing too. Like he's fueled by that type of antagonism. Like um, some people would be uh, uh, intimidated or you know psych themselves out in situations like that. And for Keaton, that's just what builds them up. You know, so mm-hmm. in a situation like that, uh, Neil Smith's the Neil Smith character's antagonism just pushed the Keaton character to try harder because like he was operating I would say that the the Smith character was operating near a typical Keaton level yes mm-hmm. but then Keaton was like oh I gotta step this up and he does so he's got the creativity he thinks outside the box the way that others don't yep. so a uh, wonderful chapter um, with all of that going on Sadly, um, our, our protagonists are pulled away by another pressing event, um, and we don't actually get to... It's alluded to that um, J. David Osborne would read, uh, I believe, from Black Gum, but I'm not certain. Um, and, and so that's a, that, that happens kind of out of the story. So you know it, it's happening. It's just not something that, uh, that you get to actually see. That's right. So um, our main group of characters, the Livius Rob. Misty, Jesse, Gordon, Mark, Jaskowski characters all head over to a restaurant called The Butcher and the Boar. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where you might start to get the idea that this story is filled with people who have never, ever eaten at a Burger King. <laughs> wow. Why would you say at that? At some point, you would just expect that there would be a pizza ordered or whatever. But every restaurant <laughs> that these characters go through through the rest of the book. It's always something pretty special. Now that might be because uh, the Jesse character seems to be a little bit of a of a Minneapolis foodie. He's yeah, he's a Minneapolis foodie. He well, he work you know he works in in the industry in general, and um, mm-hmm. so he's been around for a while. And and the butcher and the boar, I guess that's one of those kind of like the it place. Um, so we find out that actually the reservation that was made for twelve was made back you know in november so there's a lot of planning a lot of uh, premeditation going into this uh, particular trip yep now uh probably uh two two great uh, great exciting things happen in this particular chapter or and, and rob may think there was more i my my opinion the way i saw it was that um you finally see a crossover from previous series then that the livius character finally meets the stephen graham jones character and i gotta tell you i'm a little under impressed with the livius character and here's why it's a little bit like a 16-year-old that pretty much called dibs on sitting next. <laughs> and not something I expect because I'm familiar with the character and how fucking cool he is all the time. And it was a little surprising to see him lose his cool like this. Don't don't you agree? Uh, yeah, the Livia's character really did act like a, a, a little girl. So, like, we, when we, we got <laughs> to the table, um, the characters uh, were... Uh, sitting down getting ready to sit down and everything and it had to be orchestrated that jones would sit next to livius because livius is the only person that had not met him and um so then when when jones actually arrived it was like he, he was just kind of walking you know walking to, to a seat and then livius just kind of like oh no no we got we got we got a seat for you we got you covered you're right here and and it was just like so a, it was kind of adorable in a way <laughs> A little pathetic. <laughs> so, um, you know, some some great interaction um, with characters while while Jones was there with them um, for day. And then there's like the like, and I don't want to spoil this for anybody. So you you know you kind of have to be part of this story. But 
the, the Jones character tells a couple of kind of secret things that are going on. They're pretty goddamn exciting. Yeah, we can't, for the sake of, of spoilers, we can't reveal. Mm-hmm. But this is one of my favorite things about stories like this is, like, the Robin Livius character get privy to some seriously cool information all the time. And yep. um, But you want to talk about crossovers, David James Keaton and Stephen Graham Jones and the book podcast all in the same room. So, yeah, this is where it got a little weird. So even though this is kind of early in the story... Um, what we have is we have the the Jones character gets there, but has another pressing engagement and then another story that he has to get to um, <laughs> at a certain time. And David James Keaton, God only knows what trick, because that guy can't ever get anywhere without some type of some type of, of hindrance, disaster like uh, yeah. uh, broken mufflers and cars getting towed and stuff like that. Yeah, so he's kind of running late, and and you're thinking to yourself, man. All right, they're just they're they're not actually going to be introduced. Maybe it's a future story that they get introduced in, and, and then it happens. It happens very very briefly, but for a very small period of time, the book podcast, Stephen Graham Jones, Dave James Keaton were all in the same room. Luckily, it was a very very short period of time because I thought that was the climax. I thought this is done. This is where explosion happens, people die, something is going to transpire that's going to put a quick end to the story. Because you know, where do you go from there? I tell you where you go to drink lots of alcohol. Yep. So yeah, and uh, that 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 happened. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's a uh, man. That's that's a pretty good. It's uh, a pretty good start to this to this story, don't you think? That's a great start. There's a lot of stuff that happens. So the story takes place over the course of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Those are the main days, and then Sunday is like the departure day. When the story mm-hmm. kind of like it's the it's the falling action, you know everything's already yeah, the log. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which there's actually some fun stuff that <laughs> happens on Sunday. Maybe we'll talk about it in, in vague terms. Um, but then then it's like to basically the the story kind of goes on to be about uh, um, kind of a, a, a mix around of like who's hanging out with who at what time and like what event are they attending and. Um, what kind of massively expensive liquor are they con- consuming? Oh um, my God! There's that whole part too. It's like when we read um, "Tobacco Stained Mountain Goat." Yeah. And there's you know it's a story and there's stuff going on, but there's like this expertise in like film noir that's like constantly lurking in the background of that story, or like any Chuck Palahniuk book. Yep. There's that one thing that everyone hangs on to. The thread for this one has to be fucking bourbon right i mean i don't know it was it was like getting a you know how you learn things from reading books how i learn things from reading books yep anybody partook in this story that didn't know anything about whiskey or bourbon at the beginning by the end feels like they're at least at least a minor expert in the field yeah a lot of talk about bourbon and craft beer um but more so bourbon and um there's some pretty special scenes where uh um you know People have been working hard to get to a point where they could try some of these really nice bourbons and stuff, and it happens, and it's it's like the kind of one of the touching moments, you know. Mm-hmm. No, no, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I, I, the Livius character gets to try some bourbon on one particular evening too. That's <laughs> I will say that that's probably where some of the best quotes from this story are going to come from. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to share them all. Yeah, yeah, I, that's yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, I kind of skimmed through that portion. I don't really remember much of that. 
But uh, <laughs> well, I'll have quotes. I will have quotes from that. Okay. I'm 100 percent sure of that. All right. Um, another theme that goes throughout, which was I, I really liked this theme, but I get the feeling Livius was less excited about it, was um, a lot of our characters liked to just watch oh episodes of the TV show Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta tell you, as, as I'm going through this story, I kept there. There are some pages where I, I, I just kind of skipped over. I was like, oh my god, there's more episodes of Hannibal. I, I need to get. I need to get to something else. So, um, the the characters in the story, um, where a lot of the action happens in in one particular hotel suite. And when I say suite, you have to understand the the co- there's a common area. Okay, so there's two actual bedrooms that are the size of normal hotel rooms, but then there's a common area that has two televisions i don't know whose <laughs> whose idea this was in the story or to put this in the story or whatever but literally there are two fucking televisions in the common area of a hotel room that's not counting the other two televisions that are you know in the description of the actual like sleeping rooms in the in the suite it's kind of a big place it the the, the hotel room was about three times the size of my apartment maybe four I think it was nine nine hundred square feet i yeah. think is what somebody said yeah so lots of Hannibal viewing, lots of bourbon, lots of craft beers. So um, I would say the theme, the overall theme is just indulgence. The good food, the beer, the bourbon, uh, hanging out, you know, mm-hmm. buddies, yes. pals. I, I have to agree. The The Brandon Teets character makes a return appearance. Um, in this in this particular in this particular storyline, which was which was nice, a nice little crossover. Um, you know that you get there whenever whenever he's around and someone someone that we don't see in these stories enough quite frankly yeah there was a bit of maybe magical realism in that moment um, at least part of it I think it was when the Livius character was drinking bourbon <laughs> because there was a lot of talk of Brandon Teets being Livius from 10 years ago oh my god you know I gotta tell you that that was that was one of my favorite parts was what <laughs> the Livius character <laughs> is trying to 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 tell the Teets character Look at this. This is your future, man. I can guide you. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to jump to a quote for this. Okay. Uh, because, yeah, Olivia's character is really trying to to tell him, I know what's going to happen to you. And he's telling Brandon some of the things that he can accept, uh, some of the things he can expect to, to, to look forward to. And one of them, he said that he's gonna, he can look forward to some great hair and a lot of anger. <laughs> which mm-hmm. yeah. if you ask me is pretty uh, spot on. And then there was a quote where he said, "There's so many women you still need to disappoint." <laughs> yep. So definitely, that was a wealth of of entertainment. The interaction between the Livius and the Brandon character. I'm gonna go ahead and say that um, the dialogue, as you'll see in some in the quotes uh, section, is is uh, is pretty goddamn solid man there is some really good dialogue um amongst these characters they're they're it's all it's all and it's all written really well too yeah definitely really high quality stuff uh (laughs) so really i mean i don't know how much there else really there is to talk about plot right i mean there are some other characters that kind of come and go that 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 um are worth mentioning um but plot wise i think that's that's pretty much it right yeah, you got the overall thread, the idea of it. Um, mm-hmm. Other characters would be, uh, we had a big lit reactor kind of crossover on this one. The Rob Hart character and Kirk Claus. Indeed. Um, so uh, Kirk Kirk appeared in a previous uh, previous edition. Um, Seattle 2014, the, yeah. 
Yeah, and the first ever appearance of Rob Hart, um, although brief, um, you know, uh, he comes across as a really, uh, really warm and uh, genuine character. You got to imagine that, like, he had a lot of shit going on because he had that baby, and then there was, like, some health issues and stuff. He had and, like, that baby. That baby. I mean, like, he baby. just had a baby, so. Yeah. Um, anybody who just had a baby and still goes to something like this is, you know, um, that's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on in their life, so. Uh, facing adversity, but he's still, you know. Very sociable, personable. Um, a lot of a lot of the main crew had not met him, so it was nice to kind of like put names to faces and stuff like that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, is there anybody else we met that's uh, worth mentioning? I mean, there were some brief pop-ins from some other people. Um, just brief, kind of passing, like Neil, the Neil Smith character we mentioned earlier, Nick Mamatas. We met again. Um, there was some. Uh, the other random lit reactor people like uh, Rob's agent Bree Ogden and some other Leah Rhine, who I see her name all the time. So, kind of a prominent character over in Lit Reactor. Um, yeah, so we bumped there's into. A, there's, there's a very heartwarming moment that you may have glazed over a little bit where the Livius character meets Dennis Widmeyer <laughs> of, of the Burt Tongues editorial fame and, uh, and the movie Starry Eyes. This is a very touching moment. I didn't want to steal it from you. Yeah. What is beautiful about that interaction is that it's kind of, it's a little throwaway moment, but there's a a very brief introduction. And as, as Widmeyer has to, has to run and catch a plane very dramatically, like, like they, like people do in movies, you know, there, there's a moment when, when he's saying goodbye and he says, I know I just met you, but I'm going to give you a hug anyway. And the two of them hug. And it's really heartwarming. I'd like to see that story develop into something bigger. It is heartwarming. There's some other heartwarming moments. Um, we, we missed, uh, and this is actually one of the, the, the better kind of inclusions of technology in, in a story that I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole scene, I think, in the second night of the story. Yes, that is correct. Where um, Livius, Rob, Jesse, Misty, Mark, and Gordon all have a FaceTime. This is almost like the Modern Family thing we were talking about. They have a FaceTime That's call it. in the book. Uh, with Axel Tiari, Tiari from uh, from across the way, in uh, f- uh, he's French, but in living in Denmark, we have to be very careful to make sure we don't say he's from France. That's um that part was a little sitcommy, little sitcommy, lots of a uh, lot of jokes and laughter and arguments over weird stuff like Greenwich Mean Time and circumcision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was that. There was uh. uh so one side of the conversation, I don't want to spoil this, you know, for anybody, but one side of the conversation was being had entirely by somebody who was drinking rum at eight in the morning by the glass full. <laughs> yeah, so that was good. Was that. Well, there was yeah. plenty of alcohol being consumed on both sides of that conversation, but um, great. It was uh, only great. eight in the morning on one side of the ocean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the key. Um, great conversation. A lot of good stuff came out of that. A little, a little bit of taunting and ad- adversarial situations, but overall, I mean, you gotta love Axel, right? Indeed, absolutely. It'll be nice to to see him in a in a uh, later edition of, of of this series. Yeah. So, what do you think? Do I think quotes? we could. Yeah, we could do some quotes. So we have about seventy five quotes. Um, we're probably not going to, I know we're not going to do all of them. And some of them out of context, um, are very meaningless. Right. Um, 
but uh, I, I'm going to start, and we're probably not going to attribute most of these, um, mostly because I can't really remember who said them. For in some cases, you know, maybe I wasn't around or Rob wasn't around when they were actually said. So yeah. um, uh, when you were talking about uh, Teet's book, um, how about today we'll be talking about Brandon Teet's new book, I Love Myself. <laughs> that's, a pretty, that's a pretty solid quote right there. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened early on in the story. I don't know if someone's going to laser off six tattoos just to sleep with you. Yes, yes, another another very good, very good line. This one I kind of want to attribute, but I'm not going to because, again, spoilers. But a cross is the kind of pasty a nun would wear. <laughs> that was good. I was there for that one. Um, someone, someone did say that Transylvania is the most redneck part of Europe. So that's hitting close to home, Livius. I don't know who said that, but I love that person. <laughs> I, 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 do you remember? Can you tell me off air who that was? I don't remember. Okay. I don't recall. Um, we were talking a little bit about uh, about the the the, <laughs> the, the chapter where um, Axel is on FaceTime with with the rest of the protagonists. <laughs> and at one point, um, Axel produces a picture of his uh, of of you know kind of some of his family and, and points out who they are. And, and as he points to the mother, um, <laughs> one of the protagonists um, basically insists repeatedly, "Axel, Axel, I could be your dad." <laughs> hey, you said that quite convincingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, one morning, this is one of the nice quotes. Well, the smell of vomit is almost out of my nose. <laughs> Some sober realities of this. Uh, sober, get it? Yeah, sober yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, can't do that one. Let's see. <laughs> so I'm going through these. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. That one is really, oh, that's the other part we didn't talk about. Um, just how much shit talking there was of other people. As I look through half these quotes, I'm like, we can't repeat any of these because someone might figure out who they're about. Yeah, that's true. Um, here's another, this one, another one, because Brandon asked specifically to be, uh, to be, uh, quoted in, in this. Um, I will never be lucky enough to meet me. Yeah, I thought that was good. That's, uh, another good Brandon Teets quote was, um, my t-shirt size is an extra medium. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, Here's one of my favorite ones. I, I think I think this might be attributed to the Rob character. I'm not sure, but it's there's clinical psychology and Livia psychology. <laughs> you were dropping. I remember that the Livia's character was dropping some serious knowledge um, about. I think it was about women. Oh, that could be. And um, and yeah, I had to explain. To, uh, <clears throat> and yeah, the the Rob character was explaining to someone that. Uh, there's unconventional methods of, of understanding people, and, and Livius might have his own kind of brand. <laughs> that's, that's he speaks true. from experience. Uh, one of the ones I really dug was, uh, this is a Teats quote, I believe, the Bible is the end product of the worst game of telephone. <laughs> I think I say the Teats character is really, really quotable, because I was going to do another Teats one, but now that you did one, I'm, I'm going to move on to something else. Um, oh, here's here's one that we'll leave unattributed. Rob's going to help me get my hands around her fat fucking throat, but not in a sexy way. Calm down. <laughs> All right. To kind of compliment that quote, um, we're going to leave this one unattributed to the sayer and the doer. I didn't know you could get hard when someone's crying and it's not your fault. <laughs> yep. Yep. That happened, too. So... Um, <laughs> There's a there's a really endearing and, and shocking moment, I guess, uh, during the the Axel um, Skype call, where 
everyone was pretty sure that Axel like slathered his hair in gel. But it was really weird because it was kind of an angle thing. So all of a sudden, he takes off this hat that he'd been wearing for like 20 minutes and all this hair just comes spilling out. Everyone thought that cap was just gel. Like, I don't know if it was a sleeping cap. I don't know what they do in Denmark, what Frenchmen do in Denmark. Yeah, I thought he had some freaky Jerry Carroll thing going on. Yeah, and the reason I said that is the quote is more just of a reminder that it happened other than a than a than a great quote. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, good quotes. Now he's gonna get one of his fucking iPads. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> that was about the Rob character, I'm sure. <laughs> that was too, I think everybody knows that was about the Rob character. God damn it. Um I have a couple of quotes, and this actually takes place after, like, the kind of... This takes place in the Sunday day when all the action's done and everybody's kind of going... All the characters are kind of going back home. Uh, just a couple of quotes that I want to attribute. <clears throat> the person who gets tattoos on his face is also the person who doesn't make sound the soundest choices. That was pretty good. This one had the Rob character in tears. <laughs> We've been driving forever. If you take 350 miles and divide it by forever, we should have been there a while ago. <laughs> it's all very sound math. That was, there was an Asian character that provided us with the math for that. Just That's right. That's right. Quote. Oh, you know, you're talking about the epilogue? Yeah. Should we talk about the, the epilogue has a teaser for something that may or may not happen? It's kind of <laughs> like, like when you see a, 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 when you see a Marvel movie, like if you see Iron Man yeah. and you wait till after the credits. Yep. You know, and they have some kind of appearance. And you don't know. Is that going to be an Iron Man 8? Who knows? I, I don't know. We, we can't talk about this very much because we may actually be approaching this as our as book's first feature-length film. Yeah. But we did have an idea for a horror movie that's so horrible <laughs> and unnecessary. Um, yeah. Do you want to give the basic synopsis or should I... I'm not. I'm not even sure that we should give the synopsis because if what if someone steals it? What if the guy that's making those human centipede movies hears this and decides this is much better than uh, than you know the idea of human centipede four? Tom Six is going to rip us off. Is that his name? I think so. It's possible, man. It's possible. All right. All I'm going to say is this involves. Uh, I I, I kind of see this as, and we should maybe approach the people that do True Detective. <laughs> Because I kind of see it being handled. It's such a weird... Um, I will say that there's a killer. Uh, and, and the twist in this story that makes it different than other stories is that the reason <laughs> the reason he needs to abduct and kill people is so weird. And it turns out that uh, completely unnecessary to get to his kind of final goal um, that it, it, it's baffling how effective it is <laughs> yeah it's um it's it's a work in progress but i think we we managed uh, i'm sorry the epilogue managed to kind of put together a real rough framework of uh of what this story would entail and i would say that this could go into production as early as this fall um can we can we tease the the teaser poster at least what it said on it yes yes that yes we can olivia sent over the teaser um poster image uh, earlier today. I'm going to do this in my best movie announcer voice. A crime so unnecessary, no one smelled it coming. Excellent. Yep. So good. It's going to be 
it's going to be uh, one for the, the history books. <laughs> I don't know yes, what to say yeah, about I it. I definitely think so. Here's um, here's another thing. So, you know, we managed to go pretty much spoiler-free this episode, um, like we do with, with, the, with our normal reviews. And much like our normal reviews, the solution is if you wanted to know more about this, participate, read the book, be in the next story, right? Yeah. There this is go. definitely something that, like, ha- hearing hearing the after you know thing and hearing the story and everything is is one way to experience it but you don't get as much out of it as if you participate i will totally say that um do you want to wrap do you want to wrap up yeah i'd love to um i'm going to keep this one really really short um the the thing with with this story is um there's not a lot of over the top action and there's not really even much plot um you know the 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 protagonists kind of wander around do things but it's really all about um character development and character interaction and these characters you can just feel the fucking love and that's what makes it all so special so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna give this uh this particular story five stars i think i'm gonna mirror what livia said the real the compelling part of this and um let's see this would be as far as the stories i've read um chicago la boston seattle Minneapolis. So this will be the fifth major story that I've, I've, uh, you know, read. I guess you could say, mm-hmm. or that the Rob character has been a part of. You could say it that way. Um, there's, there's always going to be the ups and downs of, of, um, like any situation, uh, especially with a large group of people. So there's going to be. Uh, trying times. There's going to be like the most fun times, and and I guess what I'm trying to say is like there's a life you can live through electronic contact with people, and then there's a life you can live by actually going and living it with them, and there's really no substitute for those moments that you share intimately uh, together, um, and that's really what these stories are all about, and um, they they open doors for for kind of new collaborations in the future um they give you stories you will always remember they give you quotes like the ones that we already read for you um and it's it's the it's what we it's what we use to kind of get us to the next thing because it's a lot of fun and it's just it's uncommon to find such a concentration of people that care about the things you care about um so you got to do it when you can, right? So I'm I'm going to go with Olivia's five stars. Indeed, I will say that I'm glad. You know, it's like, it's like with a book. You know, you race to the end, and you're kind of glad you're done with it. I'm kind of glad I'm done with it, though. I'm glad I'm glad to, I'm glad that particular story, as great as it was, is over, and that we are able to um, to move on to other stories. So this just came in recently, definitely in between the last episode and this one. Um, Noir at the Bar Chicago is back on for its second installment uh, organized by Jake Hinkson who just came back from like a whirlwind tour of France where him and uh, like Benjamin Whitmer and who else there was another person there right um uh I don't know there's a big ass truck driving past your place though oh what's his name Bolly Boy wasn't he there too McBride maybe it was yeah anyway all those noir like southern noir kind of people I guess that's Jake too. Um, anyway, we're in France uh, uh, touring and and kind of doing appearances for the French uh, translation releases of their books, and he's back now. Um, so he's ready to kind of put together the next AWP. Or 
the next uh, North of our Chicago, and there is a list of readers that's now finalized. Uh, we're hosting that, right? I, I believe we we have some involvement with it, so I'm 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 hoping we're hosting. But if not, I'm still very very happy to attend. Excellent. Um, yeah. So here's first of all, goddamn man, what, what's with the French? They they just they just take all our crime authors and just fucking translate their shit. And how and how does Hinkson know? that anything he writes is translated properly and that it's not like just they, they translate into like the French version of Twilight. Oh, shit. I don't know. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Jake doesn't speak French. That's a good I question. I have no reason to actually think that, but I'm just going to guess. I'm going to go out on a limb. That would be your paranoia. Well, we could ask Brian Evanson. He, he does uh, language translations for books. He does, but I don't think he does that thing where he reads the book to you to tell you if it's actually your book or not. Evanson, if you're listening, <laughs> I just figured out a way for you to make an extra like fifteen hundred bucks off Jay Kingston. So there you go. Do it. Uh, this installment of Noir at the Bar Chicago is uh, is pretty goddamn exciting. Um, Jed Ayers, longtime friend of this podcast, I guess not referring to people as characters because <laughs> taken out of context, it just makes it sound bad. Uh, Jed Ayers going to come up for this one. I'm very excited to to be able to hang out with Jedediah again. Yeah, I was hoping he'd be around for the first North at the Bar, uh, Chicago, but when you put it during the middle of the week, it is definitely difficult, more difficult to uh, to attend and everything, so it's understandable. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him read again, hanging out with him. Yep, we have Libby Fisher-Hellman, who I'm not at all familiar with, but I can't imagine um, if Hinkson put her in the lineup that uh, that she's not going to be just spectacular. Spectacular. Huh? Yep. Do you want to take a couple of these, or you want me to just keep yeah. going? We have Heath Lawrence, who the name is familiar, but um, I don't uh, am not familiar with his writing. So again, uh, it, one of the things that's nice about going to Noir at the Bar is meeting new people and finding new talent. So looking forward to seeing what Heath brings to the table. And finally, booked alum Dan O'Shea, author mm-hmm. of such awesome books as Penance, Greed, and uh, Rotten at the Heart. Got that right off the top of my head. Are you pretty impressed? That was. I'm very impressed. Um, I'm really looking forward because yeah, we've we've talked to Dan and um, we we met him. I have not seen him read. I know you went to a reading he did when I think it was when Penance came out, right? And I couldn't make it. Yep. Yeah, so I'm excited to see him perform. Do you think he's going to wear that god awful jacket that he his like reading jacket? I guarantee he's going to wear that god awful reading jacket. Maybe you know what? Maybe someone. Maybe I should drink a bunch of whiskey. And then I should talk to him about the jacket because that seemed to work so well. <laughs> you gonna tell him he's you in twenty years or something? In Minneapolis, listen, <laughs> I see that you're my future man. Stop wearing the jacket. <laughs> um, I think this time around we're gonna make sure that we put a very strict understanding that if you go over the stated amount of time that you read, we're gonna come up on stage and punch you off the stage. Yes, we are going to do that. But to be fair, there's only four readers this time, so I can't really imagine that, you know. I mean, because last time was at six, right? I don't think so. Whatever it was. Yes, that is correct, though. We will have a timer, um, and uh, we'll start playing bad 80s songs on our phone simultaneously if anyone goes over. I think I'll just set up a visual cue so people know where they're at for time. Like like when I when my phone is blue, like the screen's all blue, you know it's time to go or something like that. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, that works, too. Yep. So doing so. comedy clubs, they flash a light from the back. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't spend a lot of time in comedy clubs. It's my, my time as a stand-up comic. 
I saw a comedian recently. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Do you just <laughs> is that what that was? I didn't know that was a comedian. <laughs> Can someone explain comedy to me? Uh, so, what's uh? I, fuck, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, this is this is what this podcast has come to. We have no fucking idea what we're doing from week to week. Well, didn't help that we were on the road for five days, basically. There's a good chance that we drank so much, like we might have had a book in mind, but we drank so much that we forgot it. Could be. Could be another wheel of meat. Is it time yet? Uh, we just did that fucking Jedi one, like... Uh, Was that well, four episodes ago? Speaking of, did you see that person who had the, the, the Star Wars tattoo? I did see that. It was a reading. Um, she had like a sleeve yes, of the I Star Wars see. tattoo. That was two episodes before. The, so it'll be three episodes before this one. Okay. Yeah, right, a little gotcha. So a little too early for that. Yes, I saw the Star Wars tattoo, and then I was told by somebody that <laughs> let's not talk about that either. <laughs> um, so we will be reviewing a book next, most likely. Mm-hmm. We uh, certainly will. Maybe it'll be a throwback. Maybe it'll be something upcoming that nobody can read yet, because we do like our kind of um, privileged lifestyle, right? We do like our privileged lifestyle. It's very nice. Yeah, we'll just we're gonna fuck with you and not tell you until you're listening to the episode. Um, any final thoughts about AWP or, or anything like that before we go? Um, no, no. I think I think we pretty much covered. We covered more than I thought we were going to cover regarding AWP. So, I think we got it all in there, right? Wait, can I read to you what I saw on? Um, there is a statue in Minneapolis. Um, that is, I think it's called Tossing Mary. Um, it's a woman kind of throwing her hat in the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, can I tell you what I saw written in what I believe to be lipstick, based on the color and texture? I'm dying to hear this. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not. This is great. This could open up a whole other can of, can of worms here. I am tired of worshiping at the altar of white women. And it was hashtag AWP15. So one of our fellow attendees uh, at uh, Minneapolis AWP, uh, tired of worshiping at the altar of white women. Um, I'm going to suggest to that fella that maybe he try uh, Hispanic women next. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many altars of different colored women you can worship at. You don't have to yeah. limit yourself, really. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know that that's what that um, that little message was about, but someone actually defaced a a, um, a historical um, statue. Yeah, I'm guessing it's it's uh, it's some type of landmark, you know, thing. So, any rate, um, yeah, that happened. There was that. That's pretty much all I've got. <sighs> I may have challenged happen. somebody to a breakdancing battle, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, there was there was the threat of breakdancing, and we had cardboard. We could have done it. Oh, I know, I know, we could have done it. Oh, there was some talk about reviewing the book, "My Bitch, Yo Bitch, Everybody's Bitch Three, <laughs> Part by Nikki Gilvante. Um, but Rob immediately, like I've never seen Rob turn on a book that fast. I can only imagine he was so let down by volumes one and two. <laughs> That's what it was. Like, it was, like, once bitten, twice shy kind of thing. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not reading my bitch, yo bitch, whatever bitch. Everybody's bitch, volume three. <laughs> oh, All right, well, I think that does it. I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Come back for a book uh, next, uh, next time, which will be our 250th episode. We're probably going to do something really special for that, like yeah. review a book. Like, mention it, yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. So until then, I'm Livia Snudden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading. <laughs>